Down. I myself, Ovi Muniz, along with my co-host Sean, and we are without temporarily without Joe Aguirre, who couldn't be here with us today. He'll be with us on our next episode. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's going great. This weekend, we'll start off the new XFL football. So if you yep. thought football was over with, man. No, 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 mm-hmm. no more, no more bitches and gripes, no more of I gotta wait till August. You know, it's it's fantastic to know that we're gonna continue watching football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I carry us right into you know free agency in the draft for NFL. So it's a great time of year where you know the NFL usually kind of dies down around this time. You know, not a lot going on, but XFL will carry us right into this. Uh, this off season for the NFL and I'm very excited for it. it should be a very fun league very fun and a lot has been talked about and ever since now the Super Bowl is over with a lot of social media and a lot of media coverage are aiming out right now at the XFL uh, but we're going to get get it started uh, again our title is called all four downs where we're going to cover the four aspects of the XFL so we start with first down and our first down is the rules of the XFL which is a lot of changes compared to the NFL, all mm-hmm. right? And, and remind you, this is not a competition to the NFL. It's more of an expansion to prolong the football seasons. So mm-hmm. there's a, almost, a, at the minimum, 15 different rules that have been changed within the game. Uh, so we're going to start off the kickoff. Uh, they're mentioning the kickoff to where the lineup has changed. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy how it's uh, set up right now, you know, the you know the returning team and the or the receiving team and the kickoff team are only five yards apart, so they have the you know kicker set back to where he would usually be. I think it's around the 35 yard line, and then the return will, will be uh, within like the 20 yard line. So it's gonna be pretty interesting how it's set up, you know, um, the the. Re- the coverage team can't start moving until uh, the returner has the ball or the ball's on the ground for three seconds. So it'll be pretty interesting to see because if the returner is able to get through that first you know, line of coverage, uh, it's pretty much just him and the kicker one-on-one. So they're trying to promote more returns, uh, more explosive returns. And uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And uh, they're doing kind of similar thing with the punt where they want to see more explosiveness, a um, little bit more of a return and less of a, you know, because kick off in the NFL most of them are going in the back of the end zone for touchbacks and then punts most of them are just getting fair caught most of the time so the XFL is trying to promote you know more returns a little bit more explosiveness so I I think it's a pretty interesting rule right and it was mentioned earlier by the uh, XFL commissioner who happens to be 
uh, Andrew, Luck. Andrew Lux's father. Yeah. Right. Uh, the the goal is to eliminate the safety issues with the kickoffs. Like the uh, the NCAA, the NFL created more opportunities for touchbacks, but this will increase the touchbacks. Naturally, leads to fewer returns, which means fewer meaningful plays. So the XFL proposes rule change that will encourage more kickoff returns while making the play less dangerous by eliminating thirty yard sprint to collision. Mm-hmm. So instead of running full sprint all the way down the field. You know, they start at the 30-yard line and the 35-yard line. And as soon as they touch the ball, then the play resumes. And that's when the clock goes as well. So mm. pretty interesting there. I'm looking forward to see how that turns out, which is going to be the very first play. So that's going to be make it or break it. Yeah. And the, for the coverage team, they're, I mean, it's pretty much just you have to get off your block right away because you're only within a five-yard distance. So if you can't get off your block, say your return team, everyone uh, hat on hat, 10 on 10, all has great blocks. You know, he's uh, the returners literally got that wide open lane to go one-on-one with the kicker. So for that coverage team, it will be definitely interesting the, this first weekend to see how it works out. But uh, I expect a, a lot of fireworks, a lot of explosiveness out of uh, these returns. My favorite one in which uh, I thought well, I thought about uh, flag football uh, was the point after touchdown. So the rule yeah. is six points for touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you do after you score the touchdown? Well, in NFL and NCAA, you got to kick the ball for one point or you could decide to go for a two-point conversion. Hey, we got to wait a while now. Yeah, because hold up a minute. Here we go. We got one, two, three pointers right after the touchdown. So what that means is, is that after a touchdown, the team has an option to run a play from the two-yard line, which is one point, the five-yard line, which is two points, or the 10-yard line, which is three points. So the team must run an offensive play and no kicking plays are allowed. So how you like that rule? I think this one might be the most interesting of them all. Um, I'm just interested to see which teams uh i'm the, the first week i'm interested to see which uh you know the one that will be most likely for teams to go with i think the two pointer might be most likely just because it's only three yards away from the one pointer you might as well get that extra point and you know trying to get a score from 10 yards out i mean it's obviously it's you know in the red zone pretty easily but compared to the other two i think that you just have a lot of more play options from the five yard line um to cash in with the two points so i think that will be the one that's most common but yeah, it brings a lot of different aspects to the game. Say you're um, trailing by three after you score the touchdown. You, I mean, you got to go for the the 10-yard one. So uh, it's it's very interesting. Uh, it brings a lot of different aspects to the game. And say you know you're up, say you're up one point and you want to go uh, with the two to make sure the other team doesn't come back. So I think it, it's going to be weird to see how it plays out. But I, I I like what they're doing. You know, just eliminating the kicks, saying. Um, you know, it's a, there's just so many strategy that is brought into this by the XFL. So I think that's very smart of them, and uh, it'll be fun to watch. I know we're focused more on the offensive perspective when it comes to the point after touchdown, but the same goes for the defense, that if they cause a turnover, a fumble or interception, they could run it back, and depending mm-hmm. on the, the point they selected, they could get that as well. They could be awarded for that same amount of points. Mm-hmm. So, man... That's very intriguing, yeah. and I, I, I can't wait, to be honest with you. I, I hope yeah. this all plays out uh, to the best. Mm-hmm. Um, any other rules that, that you could think of that's even better? Um, the double forward pass is, is pretty cool, I think. Um, you know, obviously in the NFL and in college, if, if you want to do a little trick play, double pass, um, 
it can't be a forward pass it's got to be it's got to be like pretty much a lateral uh, downfield pass but as long as you're behind the line of scrimmage for that first pass you can do the forward pass say out to your receiver and you can line up you know maybe your backup qb uh you know line them up out wide and then you get a uh, shot downfield so i think that'll be uh pretty cool to see you can get some explosive plays out of that for sure um let's see what I, and then uh only one foot in bounds uh pretty much the same as the college rules you know you don't need both feet in bounds like the nfl so that'll be uh pretty cool to see how it goes out and then uh the overtime i don't um it's pretty much a, a five round thing you get uh each team will go back and forth with one play each from the five yard line and then uh after the five whoever leads they'll end up winning and then if they're tied at the end of that they'll go back and forth until some one of them's leading so i thought that one is is pretty cool as well i don't know your thoughts on that i i hey i feel like we're at the world cup when it comes to overtime rules yeah pretty as yeah it's pretty similar to soccer yes yeah um so let's move over to second down real quick uh there's eight teams in the XFL. Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Los Angeles Wildcats, Seattle Dragons. All right, those are the four teams that are representing the West Division. Then we have the Eastern Conference, which is the D.C. Defenders, New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, Tampa Bay Vipers. So all these teams are set. Um, again, eight Eight teams, that means it's four games uh, for the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Two on Saturdays, two on Sundays. Total of ten weeks with two weeks of playoffs. So they have the semifinals and, of course, the finals. And the perfect thing that uh, Mr. Lux said, the XFL commissioner, was is that everything's planned out to the end of the Super Bowl of the NFL. And just before they start the OTAs for the NFL, that's mm-hmm. where the season is. So the players have the opportunity to, if they want to make more money, more excuse me, more money, that they could go to the NFL. So their contract is not yeah. really set in stone. They're free to do what they want to do. So they got pretty much leverage mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's pretty unique. Yeah, and you saw um, last year with the AAF, the league that didn't end up working out. But you saw some players that had success in that league. Uh, a lot of them went on to sign contracts and they're uh, in training camps with the NFL teams. So, and there's a lot of notable names that are in the XFL. Um, I'm sure we'll go over that, but you know, I'm, I'm sure if they go out and have a good season, in the XFL and um, they have continued success, I think that there'll be a lot of guys that will end up on NFL rosters this summer, um, whether it's just a 90 man, but at least you get a shot there and you, you know, you go through the summer, maybe you can make that 53 man roster once you're given another opportunity. Cause most of these guys we were talking about, uh, before we went on but most of these guys are either undrafted or late round draft picks that you know didn't really get a fair shot or you know maybe they're a little injury prone so this i think this is a great platform for them to go out and uh prove what they got show that they can still be in the uh nfl so i think it will be very good exposure for uh the guys that are you know trying to make it back to the nfl you're right this is almost like an audition pretty much instead of going to the columbine to mm-hmm. prove themselves because i've they get one shot on the Columbine to yeah. get drafted. So, you know, being stuck in the practice squad, you're not, you're not foreseeing a lot of things and you've got to rely on coaches to say, hey, you know, um, this guy's good. Go ahead, bring him up or whatever. But what's so, what's so unique about even the practice squad and the XFL is that they call it Team 9. Mm-hmm. So they have players that are reserved in case any player – 
and either eight teams get injured, they have somebody there to fill in the slot. So that's pretty mm -hmm. unique. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we're going to push over to third down. All right, and this time we're going to go over the coaches and players. So I'm not familiar too much on the players, but as for the coaches standpoint, we'll start with the New York Guardians. And here's my favorite is the head coach and general manager, Kevin Gilbride. Now, those of you that don't know who he is, he is the former offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Eli Manning and the New York Giants. Yes, sir. And they've won. He's won uh, with them two Super Bowls. So he is the head coach leading in, which is one of the experienced coaches that they have in the in XFL. Under him is offensive coordinator George Mangus and defensive coordinator Jim Herman. Now, Jim Herman was a former New York Giants linebacker, and he also played for the Jets and the Colts. So this will be pretty interesting to see um, how he does as the man in charge for the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarterbacks in, in, in that team, Matt McGloin, who is a former Penn State quarterback, uh, Luis Perez, who is the uh, was successful in NCAA Division II. He won the championship there in 2017 and also won the Harden Hill Trophy. And yeah. then Marquise Williams, who played for North Carolina, excuse the University of North Carolina, right after Mitchell Trubisky. So mm -hmm. he was a two-time second-team All-ACC. So pretty much yeah. right there, that front row, and the reason why I picked the um, coaches and quarterback is because they're going to make a big difference in this league because they're also aiming for high air intensity on the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's so unique also about this team is that the most experienced part they have is really the wide, wide receiver core. So they, uh, they have six wide receivers. Four of them also have an uh, NFL experience. So we're going to see there. However, on the defensive side, there's not much I can see except for the linebackers. Uh, they're really big on depth on the linebackers' point of view, but mm -hmm. as far as the defensive backs, they're very hard to know because we don't we don't know them. Yeah. Um, any input on the uh, New York New York Guardians? Well, yeah, I'm with you on the Kevin Gilbride part of it because, you know, we're obviously both uh, huge Giants fans, and he had a lot of success when he was here um, with the Giants offense. But, yeah, you said um, the quarterbacks that they have are both, you know, pretty experienced. Luis Perez, you were talking about, he was in the AAF last year um, with the Birmingham team, I'm pretty sure. And he, uh, he was either – won the MVP or he was up there for it. he had a you know pretty good season I'm sure that's why he got another shot um with this team here and then Matt McGloin um just a couple of years ago he was uh starting quarterback for the Bears after you know the whole Jay Cutler thing before they uh went on to Drabisky so I think that he, they definitely have the quarterbacks in the room um and you said the receiving core is also uh pretty good so I think that you know, with Gilbride running this offense, uh, it'll be very explosive. But you mentioned the the inexperience in the defense. Um, one of the only names that I, you know, know is Jamar Summers. Um, he's a cornerback from UConn who uh, led the nation in interceptions while he was at UConn a couple of years ago, but kind of fell off, didn't really make it in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can, you know, make a, make a name for himself, maybe get himself onto an NFL roster. But uh, yeah, for this team, I see a team that's probably going to put up a lot of points, but, you know, might give up a lot of points as well but you know I, i'm definitely excited uh, to see any team that's led by kevin gilbride obviously uh with the new york giants ties so and, and more probably they are playing at metlife stadium yeah so he's familiar with the stadium itself, yeah so it's really back, pretty cool back at home uh, houston roughnecks 
uh, is led by the head coach and general manager June Jones. He is a former NFL head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and San Diego Chargers. He replaced Gilbright, who is in who was in uh, New York. He is currently, excuse me, the New York's like we just talked about the head coach. So. During his time as a head coach in the NFL, he wasn't that successful. Uh, mm-hmm. So this pretty much like his second chance to lead a team. Yep. Uh, Chris Miller is the offensive coordinator. He is a former quarterback for the Falcons, Rams, and Broncos. He spent two years as a quarterback's coach for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, Chris Woods is the defensive coordinator. He's surrounded by great coaches such as Wade Phillips, Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera. So even though there's no clear resume of him, uh, as the uh, defensive coordinator, but being surrounded with him and getting their knowledge, you know, maybe we'll see something special for that team when it comes to defense. Mm-hmm. Um, for a quarterback standpoint, uh, they have two quarterbacks. Uh, one of them is Connor Cook. He was a successful career with Michigan State. Uh, while he was there, he won the Greece Breeze Quarterback of the Year. He won the Johnny United's Golden Arm. It was 2015 first team in the Big Ten. He helped win the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl during his time with Michigan State. And he was also the two-time Big Ten Conference champion. Uh, so more likely, I think he will be the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other quarterback that I have no doubt on was P.J. Walker. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think Connor Cook will go out and uh, win that job. He's started a couple games. He actually started a playoff game for the Raiders um, the season that Derek Carr got hurt and he got thrown into the mix. Obviously, you know he didn't have a lot of success in that game, but you mentioned the success at Michigan State. Um, they probably will have one of the two or top three receivers in this league with Sammy Coates. Um, had a couple decent years with the Steelers when uh, he was coming out of Auburn. So I'm sure that connection. Uh, We'll see right away in, the, in this first weekend. And then uh, Andre Williams, another name that uh, Giants fans know. Um, you had a great career at Boston College um, when the Giants were struggling with running backs for a couple of seasons. He was in there as a starter and uh, didn't really pan out. But, you know, he's a big physical runner, um, loves to run between the tackles. So this offense will be, uh, I'm sure, will be dynamic. And then uh, Coney Ely, the D-end, uh, who was – with the Jets and with the Panthers. Uh, had a couple successful season with the Panthers, but over the past couple of years just kind of fell off. I'm sure he'll make a name for himself right away and um, might be up there for a defensive player of the year because he's, he's one of those big splash names that uh, I noticed when I was looking through the roster. So we'll see uh, how it pans out for them. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Los Angeles Wildcats. Their head coach and general manager is Winston Moss. So he was a former linebacker who played under Mike McCarthy and won Super Bowl uh, 45, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Super Bowl 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay defeated Pittsburgh that that uh, that Super Bowl. Yep. He was also the assistant head coach for 11 seasons with Green Bay. Uh, his offensive coordinator is Norm Chow. He is a former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. The team managed to make the playoffs, but was weak in the passing game. He was ranked 21 uh, with the NFL, but never had a losing season. So pretty interesting there. Uh, And then my favorite guy, the defensive coordinator, is Pepper Johnson. He played for the New York Giants, the Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions, and the New York Jets. He is a former coach with the New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, and the New York Jets. He was part of the uh, first three Super Bowl championships that New England won. And as a player, he is a two-time champion of New York Giants. 
Mm-hmm. So off the back, as a coach, being with New England, three Super Bowls. As a player, he has two. So mm-hmm. this guy has a, a lot of knowledge, uh, and, and it is, it's a good thing for them. Uh, as far as the quarterbacks concerned, they have Jalen McClellan, Chad Kanoff, and Josh Johnson. And Josh Johnson was a backup quarterback for several teams, 16 different NFL teams, to include the Giants as well. Uh, most notable that I've known him was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is questionable. He was listed as a start of, starting quarterback for the team, but is listed questionable. Uh, I think he suffered injury during practice, so we'll see from mm-hmm. there. What he has, I know he has a good wide receiving core there, uh, but they're uh, also in the defensive side. Uh, they have a good linebackers. Yep. So, uh, again, I'm familiar with them, but I think lo- looking at the roster, looking at the background of all the players and the coaches, I have a feeling that this is the team, the Los Angeles Wildcats are favored to win the West Division. Yeah, um, you mentioned Pepper Johnson. He he brings that championship pedigree, you know, being on those great Giants defenses and then working uh, with the New England staff. So I'm sure this defense will be ready to go. Um, I saw that Sean Oakman was on this team. He was uh, the Baylor defensive end that, you know, he was a monster, one of the, the huge prospects a couple years ago. But, um, again, never panned out in the NFL. But we'll see what uh, Pepper Johnson could get out of him. And then you mentioned Josh Johnson. He's been on a 1,000 different teams, and uh, that's that's not only just because of his talent. I'm sure you know teams like to bring him in uh, as a backup when he was around because of the knowledge that he brought and uh, you know the presence that he brought in the locker room for the younger QBs that he was around. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this team does. I'm sure they'll be ready to go on defense. And uh, you mentioned Winston Moss, you know, being a, a good offensive mind. So I think the yeah the Wildcats they'll they'll definitely be up there in the West Division, and uh, it'll be fun to watch them play. All right, let's move on to Seattle Dragons, uh, led by Jim Zorn, the head coach and general manager. He is a former Washington Redskins head coach, mainly a quarterback coach for five different NFL teams. He worked under Holmgren during the Super Bowl loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2006. So um, with that, that's a lot of, a lot of experience to be a, ch- a championship team. He's on the, he has offensive coordinator Mike Riley, who is a former NFL head coach from the San Diego Chargers. Uh, and defensive coordinator Clayton Lopez, he served as a coach for six different NFL teams, but he was a defensive back coach for the Raiders through 2012-2013 season. So there's a big gap between there and and now. So mm-hmm. seven-year difference. We'll see if, uh, what happens there with that team. Uh, two quarterbacks that they have is B.J. Daniels and Brandon Silvers. Uh, both have similar experiences. Uh Daniels was signed with six different NFL teams, but mostly been on the practice squad. And Brandon mm-hmm. Silvers uh, was uh, undrafted signing for the New York Jets, but never played a snap. So we'll, we'll see where they go from there. What do you mm-hmm. see with this team? Yeah, this is the only team that when I looked at their roster, I did, the only two, uh, the only names that I didn't know for QBs uh, throughout the whole leagues were on this team. I, you mentioned uh, neither of them have really any experience, you know, only just being in the practice squad. So it'll be interesting to see uh, which one of them wins, the, goes out and wins the competition and uh, who emerges as the front runner for the QB and see if they can make a name for themselves. They, they do have some good uh, receiving options to throw to, you know, Keenan Reynolds, who was a, uh, 
the Navy quarterback. He got moved to receiver once he made it into the NFL, but he's a dynamic playmaker. So, you know, if they get the ball into his hands a lot, I'm sure they'll have a lot of success. So uh, not a lot of notable names uh, on this roster that I see, but hey, maybe, you know, they can come out and prove us wrong. You know, maybe they don't have notable names, but I'm sure these these guys are hungry and that they're ready to go. Um, you mentioned that they have a pretty good uh, coaching staff leading the team. So, you know, Seattle Dragon, they might be a sleeper team, but hey, maybe they'll come out and uh, make some noise this weekend. We'll see. We'll see with that, and we'll cover the games in, in our after this. Uh, the DC Defenders are led by Pep Hamilton, who is the head coach and general manager there. A well-rounded offensive coach who served with the Jets, 49ers, Bears, Colts, and Browns. Uh, his offensive coordinator is Tanner uh, Anger. Excuse me, Engstrand. Hopefully I said that name right. <laughs> and uh, defensive coordinator is Jeff Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald served as a linebacker coach for the Bucks, Redskins, Ravens, Bengals, and the Colts. Uh, but what's so unique about uh, their quarterback is Ty- Tyree Jackson. Uh, he played mm-hmm. for University of Buffalo. It was a successful college career. Uh, he threw over 3,000 yards in his junior year, and he went on the draft, uh, was drafted by the Bills, but then he was later cut. Uh, so he never really played any season uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, they got Cordell Jones. He had a successful college career as well with Ohio State. He won the Big Ten MVP in 2014. And then he was also part of the 2015 inaugural college uh, football playoffs uh, with national champion that defeated Oregon 42-20. to mm-hmm. So, but from there on, he's been, you know, out of the net pretty much because we never heard from him ever since that yeah he was um, backing up on the chargers for a couple of years right so with that lineup that they have they also have a good wide receiving core uh, mm-hmm. and they're dominant with their linebackers they got a lot of experience in the linebackers and yeah. defensive backs so i see this team if they get the offensive going they have a good defense going in that most respectfully i think they have the, the most experience in the defense in the league Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is one of the deeper teams, um, probably the deepest team that when I go through the roster. Um, just in the secondary alone, they have Raheem Moore and uh, Shamarco Thomas, who was at Syracuse and then with the Steelers. Um, two great safeties that probably will give them the best safety tandem going into the league. A um, couple names that I recognize, you know, being a Giants fan, Jay Bromley, who was a D tackle next to Jonathan Hankins for a couple of years. And then uh, the center, James O'Hagan, who never got a shot because um, Giants have had a you know, some pretty good centers of Western Richburg. And then, um, crap. Oh, well, John Halapio after that. So he never really got a shot, but then you mentioned, there's just a lot of names that you, you know, um, on this team, Scooby Wright, who, uh, had a great career at Arizona, but didn't pan out in the NFL. So a lot of, a lot of talent. You mentioned the good receiving core and then, uh, two great options at QB, you know, Tyree Jackson was very dynamic, could run it and had a very strong arm in college. And then obviously Cardale Jones, who is another guy with a rocket arm. So they have some good running backs, good receivers. Um, I think it's the deepest team uh, that we see in this league right now, and they're they're probably the team to beat. Um, I would think so. Okay. Uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. I like the Battlehawks name. That, that yeah, guy's, I, I like that's that. That's tough. <laughs> this led by Jonathan Hayes, who is the head coach general manager. He played for the Chiefs and the Steelers, but mainly uh, notable as a tight end coach for the Bengals. Uh, his offensive corner is Chuck Long, outstanding college career in Iowa, uh, Heisman Trophy runner-up in 1985. 
uh, Big Ten MVP, uh, won the Davey O'Brien winner and the Maxwell Award winner during his college years. He was a first-round pick in 1986 by the Detroit Lions. Uh, he is well-rounded as a coach. He done defensive back, quarterback, offensive coordinator for the University of Iowa, Oklahoma, and Kansas. And he's a former San Diego State head coach. So he tremendous experience there. Uh, I think he'll be good as an assistant coach for Jonathan Hayes. Uh, not, I don't know much about defense corner Jay Hayes. Uh, there's no doubt of him. But what I liked over there also is they got a good uh, depth in quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Outstanding college career for Mississippi State. I watched him play. Like I said, I'm a big SEC fan. And uh, he suffered an ankle injury in 2017. So... He was there breaking records for for that college until he broke his leg, uh, his ankle, yeah. excuse me, and uh, from there on uh, he kind of fell off the grid. Uh, Taylor Haneke is there. Uh, he was spent most of the time with practice squad for the Vikings, Patriots, Texans, and the Panthers, and then Jordan Tamu, uh, f- former uh, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, he was a backup quarter for uh, Shea Patterson for a little bit until Shea Patterson actually transferred over to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, most of these quarterbacks, they, they ended up going to the NFL and really didn't do much over there. So yeah. uh, with this team, definitely the most experienced wide receiver core uh, in, in there and the defensive back. So pretty interesting there to see how this team uh, plays along. Yeah, um, they, uh, you mentioned they have a lot of weapons on offense. Um, obviously, the injury to Nick Fitzgerald hurt a couple years ago, but he was very explosive in his time at Mississippi State. Uh, it'll be fun to watch him lead this offense, and I think they have the deepest uh, backfield with the running backs. You know, they got Christine Michael, who had a couple good years with the uh, Seahawks. You know, They like to run the ball a lot with uh, Pete Carroll. And then they have Matt Jones, who was with the Redskins a couple years ago out of Florida. Um Big back, 230-pound back. You know, he, he's a grounded pounder. Uh, you know, he had one, one good year with the Redskins, but then uh, he was kind of injury-prone, so they, they ended up moving on. But these are two backs that um, have a, a lot of experience in the NFL. They've shown that they could uh, do a lot of work, so I think this offense will be very good. Um, and then you mentioned the receiving court, too. They got guys like Alonzo Russell, who um, I know I keep bringing up the Giants, but yeah, he was uh, on the Giants' uh, – now, he was on the Giants 53-man uh, roster this uh, for the preseason. You know, he showed out a lot. So I think their uh, their offense would be very explosive. And then you mentioned that they do have a couple good names. Um, Will Hill, who's on the Giants and the Ravens, had a couple good years. Um, you know, he's a ball hawk, uh, intercepts the ball a lot. So I, I think it will be an explosive offense. Um, and then that their defense, they, they have a couple uh, – proven guys that will come out and uh, play their best. So uh, just, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks, another team that I think that will be at the, around the top of the league in the, the XFL. Okay. Uh, lastly, but least is the Tampa Bay Vipers. Now this team is led by the head coach general manager, Mark Tressman. He is a former CFL head coach. He spent a majority of his coaching career in the NFL as a quarterback, running back, and offensive coordinator. Now, during his time with the CFL, he has, he's a three-time Grey Cup champion, two-time CFL Coach of the Year, uh, NCAA Division I National Champion back in 1983. So this Dang, guy is probably the number one head coach in the XFL right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Elizondano. 
excuse me if I pronounce his last name uh, correctly. If not, um, excuse me. Uh, no much data on him, but as far as Jerry Glanville, former head coach of the Houston Oilers. Now, I don't know about this generation. They don't know much about the Houston <laughs> Oilers, but the Oilers ended up going to become the Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. But he is the former head coach of Oilers, former Atlanta Falcons, it went to three times to a divisional rounds during his career, but ended up losing. Never got the chance to hit to the Super Bowl. Uh, quarterbacks is Taylor Cornelius, known as for his athleticism with Oklahoma State University. Uh, undrafted in 2019 with the Packers, but didn't make the cut. Uh, you have Chase Linton, a graduate from the University of Marshall. Uh, and then you have Aaron Murray. And what's so unique about Aaron Murray, uh, from the University of Georgia, uh, he was a senior. A senior after throwing 3,000 yards in the season, uh, was a home game versus Kentucky. Murray suffered a season-ending ACL injury, so that pretty much messed everything up. Uh, he would have had the chance to maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe go after uh, the University of Alabama, and yeah. I think during that year we ended up losing that game. But uh, yeah, anyhow. Uh, kind of hard to determine who's going to be that starting quarterback there but what's so unique about this is that I have a a prediction that this team will be the best running game because they're really in depth in the running back mm -hmm. uh, as far as the defensive is concerned uh, their secondary is pretty much experienced there uh, as, but their linebacker might be an issue because I think out of the five linebackers they have only one has NFL experience not saying that even though that's uh, give or take there but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I do see this team running the clock more than actually passing yeah um, you mentioned Aaron Murray um, obviously that was a couple years ago but you know coming off the injury I think that he's probably the favorite to go out and uh, win this quarterback job and you mentioned that they have the the deep backfield so they'll probably rely on the, the running game a lot but um, this is another team that you know not a lot of notable names not uh, too much experience uh, especially you mentioned the, the linebacking core but um, a lot of guys that I'm sure are hungry you know I'm sure in terms of the XFL you got, they got some people sleeping on them but uh, like I said about um, the other team I, I forget now who, who we're talking about the inexperience but you know people are probably sleeping on them so that's why uh, it will be this first weekend is going to be a lot of fun to watch um, just because you know there's there's a lot of unknowns with these teams you know they don't really have like official depth charts and all that out so we don't know who's going to be starting and whatnot. so you know we're, we're going to get to see all these guys uh, getting after it in the first week um, especially with all the new rules and stuff um, and I'm sure these guys are hungry to you know try and uh, get another shot at the NFL so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and um, I'm sure the Tampa Bay Vipers will uh, come out firing especially with uh, Mark Tressman you mentioned all the experience he has you know he has experience as a head coach in the NFL with the Bears so uh, it'll be interesting to see how these these Vipers come to play all right so let's move on to third down, shall we? All let's right. So we're going to review the schedule real quick. Week one, like I said, it's, there's four games in the weekend, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, um, starting uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Sea Dragons versus the D.C. Defenders. And then at 5 o'clock, we have the L.A. Wildcats versus the Houston Roughnecks. Sunday, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, we got the Tampa Bay Vipers versus the New York Guardians. And then Sunday, we have, I mean, excuse me, at 5 o'clock Sunday Eastern Time, we have the St. Louis Battlehawks and the Dallas Renegades. So, hey, this is 
gonna I, I'm sure they're gonna have a lot of viewers just to be curious yeah. of the XFL here and there and mm -hmm. that's gonna lead us to our fourth down which is our last down of the show um, what are you looking forward to this season um, I mean, we mentioned the the rules. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is just it's a new brand of football that we haven't seen before, um, especially with the re the return games. Uh, we're going to see a lot of explosiveness out of that. Um, you know, we mentioned with the punts, uh, you can't the the coverage team they can't release until the ball's kicked so that's going to give the return man at least you know 15 to 20 yards without anyone even coming near him and then we mentioned uh in the kickoff if if that returner can get through that first that first line it's pretty much him and the kicker one-on-one -on -one. so i think we're going to see a lot of points uh in this league and that's I'm sure everyone's excited to see that. You know, uh, a lot of people, uh, the younger generation, they don't they don't like defense as much. You know, they don't like those low scoring brawls. So, if you want to see some high scoring uh, octane offense, I think this is the league for you. And uh, I think that's what I'm most excited for. And then on top of that, you know, the first couple weeks of the the AAF last year, um, you could tell that these guys were hungry. You know, trying to get after it, trying to get their name known and get back to the NFL. So uh, that's another thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, very excited for this weekend to uh, watch these games and see how the XFL kicks off. Well, I'm looking forward to is the comeback for Vince McMahon. Now, like, I'm mm -hmm. a big. Uh, wrestling fan yep. and I also host the HHW show the hard hitting wrestling show yeah check uh, it out we just came out with, uh, yesterday with the uh, episode mm -hmm. um and it's something that we talked about was accountability and responsibility. And for those of you that don't know Vic McMahon who owns uh WWE uh he wasn't successful at, at 10 years ago with the XFL and he went, went about it the wrong way and he admitted it and he made a lot of mistakes and I think he learned his from mistakes and because if if he didn't have the, the decency in doing it again, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't waste his time. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of his goals. I mean, this guy is old already. You know, I, I mean, I don't... I, don't know exactly his age. I think he's over 70, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, he's got to be up there. Um, but he's still determined to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to make this, create the XFL once again, and make it proper, he took his time. There has been two other leagues that tried to rush to beat Vince McMahon. Yep. And they were not successful, and yet he stayed patient. He called it out over two years ago that, hey, in 2020, I'm going to make a football league. And here we are anticipating for Saturday to see how this is going to happen, you know. And this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that fast pace that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The shot clock has changed from 40 seconds to, 20, not the shot clock, but the uh, 25, 25 yeah, the seconds clock. to the play clock. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be more quick decisions. Yep. Interesting on the scoring aspects and how fast they come up with. They're going to take advantage of the ten yard line. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything as a whole. Yeah. And the, the and strategy. I'm just hoping with, uh, that this league actually finish. Uh, there'll be a complete season. 